0: I am Courtney Eck and I'm Sadie Eck and it's Sadie's night and we had one of those weeks where we pre-loaded last week's episode so I feel like it's been months since we (laughs) talked to you people (laughs) because on our end it has been over a week so it's Mm -hmm. good to be back even though you don't know that
1: (laughs) (laughs) and to be back to you all again
0: 100%
1: what are you going to tell the people about today Sadie? Oh boy, this is the terrible story of the Harrison family murders. I used two very well-done articles to help with the details of this case. The first is The House of Horrors, written by Michael Lista for The Toronto Life. And the other is Improbable Cause, written by Amy Dempsey for The Star. So on the morning of August 23rd, 2013, a housekeeper was busy cleaning one of her regular homes on a nice street in the suburban neighborhood of Mississauga, Ontario. She'd been there for two hours and was getting ready to head upstairs when she was interrupted by a knock at the door. When she answered, a man asked her if the owner of the home, Caleb Harrison, was there. He had failed to show up for work that morning and wasn't answering his phone. They were worried about him and decided to send someone to check on Caleb. The housekeeper told the man that she didn't think Caleb was home, but she hadn't been upstairs yet. The two went up together and saw that Caleb's bedroom door was closed. When they opened the door, they found the 40-year-old divorced father of two lying in bed with the sheet pulled up to his chin. Oh, God. When they approached him, it was clear he was not sleeping, and he was, in fact, dead. Uh Uh-huh. When paramedics arrived, one of them quickly realized that he'd been there before. Not just once, but twice (sighs) For two other suspicious deaths. Mm-mm. The first call to 911 had come in April 2009 when 64 year old Bill Harrison had been found unconscious in the downstairs bathroom by his wife, 63 year old Bridget. When paramedics arrived, they found Bill dead and his cause of death was ruled as being from natural causes. And then, a year later, in April of 2010, One afternoon after school, Caleb's son found his grandmother dead at the bottom of the stairs leading to the front door. What? She had suffered from a broken neck, and the pathologist ruled her death as undetermined. They couldn't say for sure what had caused her fatal injuries. The years passed with no explanation as to what happened to Bill and Bridget. Their son Caleb did his best to live without his parents until his untimely death in August of 2013. When the paramedics made their way upstairs, they found Caleb in bed. He was clearly already gone. When they pulled the sheet back from his body, they found bruising and abrasions around his neck. His knuckles were swollen, and he had deep scratches across his chest. Mm. Knowing this was now a crime scene, they carefully backed out of the room to preserve any evidence and called police to come investigate. The Harrison family story begins back in the 1940s, when Bill and Bridget were born Bridget was a bright girl and loved the theater. In the early 1960s, when she was 16, she landed an apprenticeship at Stratford's internationally renowned Performing Arts Theater in Stratford, Ontario. Soon after starting her apprenticeship, Bridget met Bill backstage at the Stratford Theater Festival. He was a costume designer, tall, handsome, and only two years older than Bridget. The two quickly fell for each other. Bill was described as, quote, athletic and handsome, with a magnetic smile and a taste for car racing and jazz.
0: Yeah, Bill. They make my heart I t- flutter. <laughs> I want a taste for car racing and jazz.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. You'll have to Damn. see pictures of this family man court. It's just like
0: He's a costumer. He likes ta- he likes jazz and car racing and costuming. Yes. Costume yep. design.
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Bill quote, had grown up in Stratford in a household of musicians and jazz enthusiasts. His father ran Harrison's Beauty Parlor, which was a business launched by Bill's great-grandparents after they escaped slavery in Virginia. What? What? And made their way to Canada on the Underground Railroad in 1837. Oh, I have chills. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Some people are just built for
0: greatness. Just amazing. Amazing.
1: Yes. Actual Angel people. Yep. So as a biracial couple, Bill and Bridget faced their fair share of racism, but this did not stop them from falling deeply in love. They married in 1969 and moved to Mississauga. Bridget took a role in a popular TV show called Act Fast, but it, which I wanted to look up. I didn't have time, but I, I just can only imagine what this Canadian Act Fast show was about. Oh, yeah. Uh, She would eventually change her career path to become a teacher. Over the years, she worked her way up as the principal of the school and then the superintendent and would eventually work as the special assistant to the education minister. When she retired, she became a member of the local school board where she once worked. Bridget was well loved by her students and colleagues When she died, more than 1,000 people came to her funeral to show their condolences. Wow. And and when one of the people speaking that day asked how many careers she had influenced, more than half the people in the room raised their hands. Bill worked as an executive for Sobeys, which is a Canadian grocery store, and volunteered as a big brother and a little league baseball coach. He was known for his beautiful gardens and his way with plants. They wanted a family of their own but were unable to get pregnant, so they made the decision to adopt their son, Caleb, who joined them in 1973 when he was just six months old. Mm. Bill and Caleb were extremely close. Bill called Caleb his best friend. Ugh. And when you see the three of them together, it's... When I found out that, that Caleb was adopted, I was just shocked because he looks exactly like both of his parents. It's Isn't crazy. That wild. Yeah. Exactly like them. It, especially his dad, but like totally looks like his mom too. It was, it was, I was meant really to surprised. be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's like Laura's, my wife's brother. She has a half brother who is half black. Her His father was black. And everybody remarks how much she looks like his adopted white father because <laughs> yeah. both of her parents have the exact same smile it's mm-hmm. really wild the exact same mouth and so the entire family has this big giant mm-hmm. distinctive smile and but people all the time are like god you look just like your dad he's like well he that's really interesting because so yeah. we're not related <laughs> biologically
1: yep <Right. laughs> As a kid, Caleb was said to have, quote, insatiable energy and a tendency to find trouble. Yeah, baby. His aunt Elizabeth said, quote, he was a little rascal, dangerously curious. hmm And his cousin remembered Caleb by saying, quote, there was no shortage of near heart attacks for any adult who was watching him. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb had Tourette syndrome and struggled in school. This was hard for Bridget, who expected her kid to excel at something that's so important to her. But Bill was the peacekeeper between them and reminded Bridget that their job was to love him and help him find his way through life, something they both did, even when Caleb was an adult. The Harrison House was the place where people would gather. Bill and Bridget were warm, smart, and very funny. Their friends would often tease that they should start charging a consulting fee because everyone went to them for both career, relationship, and parenting advice. Mm -hmm. When Caleb got older, he started working in the warehouse for My Favorite Doll, which is a company that claims to be the number one fashion doll retailer in Canada. Hell yeah. So in 2000, Caleb, who is now 27, met a new coworker, 19-year-old Melissa Merritt. The two quickly fell in love and were inseparable. Coworkers who knew them both said they would constantly be caught making out in Caleb's car before and after work on their, Ooh. and on their lunch break, Caleb would sometimes playfully grab Melissa so she couldn't get away and then he'd fart. So she, so she was forced to endure the stink. <laughs> it's true love. True, true love. 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 So when Melissa eventually got fired from her job after not showing up for a shift, Caleb quit in solidarity. The two would quickly marry, and during their first three years of marriage, they would have two kids, a boy and a girl. Caleb was a loving father, but sadly the marriage between Caleb and Melissa couldn't hold up to the stress that comes with it. The two started fighting, and in 2005, Caleb was arrested after hitting Melissa during an argument. Oh, no. Caleb spent three nights in jail for assault, and after he was released, the two separated. Melissa stayed in their house with the kids and Caleb moved in with his parents in his childhood home. Soon after the separation in July of 2005, Caleb was invited to a house party with some friends. He agreed to go and told his buddy he'd been that he'd be the designated driver. One of the conditions of his release from jail was to stay away from alcohol. When Caleb drank, he got mean and unruly. It's said that he wouldn't have hit Melissa sober, but alcohol changed him hmm Again, not that drinking is an excuse for hitting people. That's not okay. Yep. After getting to the party, Caleb changed his mind and decided to have just one beer, which he could usually handle better. But over the course of the night, one beer turned into lots and lots of drinks. hmm When the party ended, Caleb was so drunk, his friends refused to drive home with him and decided to walk home instead. Unfortunately, Caleb decided to drive... Soon after leaving, his car drifted over the center line of the road, and he hit a taxi with four men inside, head-on, killing the driver instantly.
0: Oh, God, no.
1: Both cars caught on fire, but those who heard the crash were able to pull the men from the cars. Caleb only suffered a broken leg, but was otherwise unharmed. The men in the other car weren't so lucky. The driver was killed. The others suffered broken limbs, broken backs, and one of them suffered a terrible head laceration. Like terrible. I'm not going to go into the details, but bad. Laceration makes it sound tame. Right. Caleb was arrested and charged with impaired driving, causing death and bodily harm. He was let out on bail with strict orders to stay on house arrest. Melissa was furious about the crash Mm -hmm. and believed this was proof that Caleb was an unfit father. Caleb wasn't happy with Melissa either and accused her of being a pathological liar. He told the custody judge that Melissa had a history of lying and once told her family that she had ovarian cancer, letting her friends and family believe that she was seriously ill for months when in reality she knew it was only a cyst. Ah, uh, what? Mhm. A few weeks after Caleb's crash, Melissa called police and accused Caleb of attacking her in her backyard. When they found Caleb at his parents' house, they realized it wouldn't have been possible for Caleb to attack Melissa. He was still mostly bedbound from the injuries from the crash and could barely get around on his crutches. Hmm. During their divorce hearing, the judge decided to give Caleb and Melissa 50-50 custody, while Caleb awaited trial for his drunk driving charges, which would end up being postponed for more than three years. Wow. So during this time, both Caleb and Melissa fell in love with other people that they'd met online Caleb's new girlfriend had two children from a previous relationship, and she said one of the things that she loved most about Caleb was how he treated his kids and hers too. He was kind, loving, always willing to listen and talk things through with them. Mm. And you know, Caleb obviously didn't have his shit together real well, but everything I read was he was a very, very good dad. Yeah. Really loved his kids, and it mattered a lot to him because of his adoption. Right. Just wanting to make sure that he had a good relationship with them. So Melissa fell in love with a man named Chris Vittori who is six foot four and quote built like a linebacker. Ooh. He was raised in an Italian neighborhood in North Toronto. And after high school, he worked as a Hooters kitchen manager, nightclub bouncer, and handyman. He tried beauty school but dropped out. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> I wish, I wish this giant man is a <laughs> no. hairdresser. I mean, huge. Yes. I mean, he's
1: a humongous guy. He's like, I'm going to be
0: a bouncer. I'm going to work at a Hooters. And then, you know what? I want to express my creative side. I think I'm going to do hair. Like, yes, 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 Yes. more. Yes, 100% that.
1: Yes, he would have been a happier guy if he had just stuck with beauty school. Ugh. Chris had a tattoo that ran the length of his arm that read, quote, only the strong will survive. Yikes. He was not someone you wanted to mess with. Despite the fact that Caleb and Melissa were still technically married, she and Chris had a wedding ceremony in the spring of 2007 And Melissa soon gave birth to their first daughter together. Wow. They would go on to have three more kids over the next few years. Chris was described as a good dad and was kind to his stepchildren, too. He adored Melissa and was known to be very protective of her. It was no secret that he absolutely loathed Melissa's ex-husband, Caleb. Mm -hmm. Chris believed Caleb was nothing but a spoiled rich kid. He made it a priority to do all he could to ensure Caleb went to trial for his drunk driving charges and hoped for a long prison sentence. He's still a father. That sucks, those poor kids. Uh, And Caleb was in his mom's Mercedes when he crashed and Mm. killed those people. Mm. And so that just added like another layer of the spoiled rich kid sort of thing. Yep. He created a Facebook page and tried to gather 100,000 signatures in support of his mission.
0: God. I mean, I think he deserves to, you know whatever there need to be consequences for his actions but i just think about caleb's children living with this new man who's actively going after their father yes that's fucked up
1: (laughs) yes and gets i mean like the levels of fucked up we're getting into here in a minute Uh i mean like three of bill bridget and caleb are all dead and we can imagine what happened right uh, yeah i mean yes I think that it would be very difficult to be a step parent, and I think it would be very difficult to have a spouse that you love have a an ex that you hate. <laughs> like yes. I think that is common, unfortunately, yeah. and I think it's probably very challenging. But you also have to do whatever you can to protect your children, Absolutely. and part of that is to continue to let them, if there's no reason not to, to let them have a relationship with their other parent. Yes, that's very important. Yeah right? And there was no indication that Caleb was in any way a danger to his kids. As the years passed, things between the two families grew to hateful levels. Melissa's mistrust and dislike didn't stop at Caleb. She felt the same way towards his parents. Bill and Bridget helped Caleb with his kids, and if he couldn't watch them, they'd step in and help. Melissa felt like Bridget was interfering, and she resented having to consider their schedules too. At one point, the judge overseeing the custody of the kids told Caleb and Melissa to only communicate through letters. Melissa started accusing Bridget of being the one who wrote Caleb's letters. And Melissa made five unsubstantiated claims that Caleb or his parents had hit and abused her kids. These were not true. hmm There was never any evidence to back up these claims. Melissa started keeping the kids full-time despite the court order of 50-50 custody. When Caleb took her to court for his sheriff custody, the judge ordered her to continue to share the kids and told the Harrisons to call police if she denied them access again. She was just like, mine, they're mine now. You Mm -hmm. don't get to have them. Melissa and Chris were furious. They even made faces and stuck their tongues out at Caleb and his parents after the hearing was over. On March 9th, 2009, Caleb finally went to trial for the charges brought against him for driving while impaired. He was found guilty for one count of impaired driving causing death and three counts of impaired driving causing bodily harm. The judge sentenced him to 18 months in prison. Melissa assumed she would now have full custody of their kids, but Bill and Bridget petitioned the court to stand in for Caleb's half of his custody while he was Mm -hmm. in prison, and the judge agreed. Mm -hmm. Six weeks later, on April 16th, Bridget came home late from a school board meeting The house was dark and quiet. When she called out to Bill, he didn't answer, so she searched the house and found the downstairs bathroom door locked. She used a pin to open the lock and found her husband lying on the floor inside. Ugh, God. He wasn't breathing, he was cold to the touch, and she told the 911 operator his body was very stiff. Ugh. He was found with blood pressure medicine and painkillers near him, The officer who responded to the call, who also happened to be a rookie, determined Bill had died suddenly with no signs of foul play.
0: Oh no, don't do it, officer.
1: Bill received a, quote, non-forensic autopsy by (sighs) a, quote, community-based pathologist. Oh my God. Who had no special training or certification in advanced postmortem. And so this, I'm going to cover another case that I came across while researching this one that talks a lot more in detail about what I'm getting ready to talk about. But so most pathologists are trained to examine people who are still alive. But forensic, so yeah, a pathologist. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Like they go in and they look at somebody who's alive and say, okay, this is what happened or whatever. So like children, a lot of times a pathologist, if there's suspected abuse or something, they'll come in and look at the child's body and just try to determine if it's like bump, Na- normal bumps and bruises, leads. right, yeah. or abuse. Right. So, But a forensic pathologist, they're the ones in Canada who are trained to examine people who are dead. Got but it. But Canada didn't start training people in forensic pathology until the mid-2000s. Wow. whoops it daisy Yeah. So this is going to throw a lot of wrenches in this case. Mm-hmm. So despite the fact that Bill was found to have a fractured sternum, and bruises on his head, face, and neck. The pathologist decided that he had died of cardiac arrhythmia, which means <sighs> that the heart stopped beating, but doesn't explain why. Uh-huh. Sternum. His sternum uh-huh. was broken. Yeah. That's they, not... they also... Your heart attack exploded through your chest bone, bro. Right? Know. Yeah. No. And they were like, oh, it was CPR, but nobody did CPR on Bill. He was yeah. very clearly dead when Bridget God. found him. So strange. It's just so strange that
0: things that seem so obvious like that get overlooked. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Big time. It's concerning. Yes, very concerning. Well, and when I started to think about what this means for death investigations in Canada, and I'm sure in general, like, this isn't just a Canadian problem. Yeah. But, like, how many... People got away with murder because the pathologist was like, "Mmm, looks like bruising from a fall in the bathroom yes. that yeah. broke your sternum." Yeah, Eesh, no. Yeah,
0: I mean, we get a lot of cases like that. And I saw somebody sent us the CNN. Well, it was a Patreon story about the first responder to the Oklahoma City bombing who mm-hmm. was later found dead, like having been stabbed multiple times, and then like a you know mile out into a field. And they're like. Suicide. Right. right. (laughs) Case closed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And why wasn't there an investigation? You know, if Mm -hmm. even if it because the idea with that one is that it was a cover up because he knew something about the Oklahoma City bombing that they didn't want out and blah, blah, blah. Well, even if it wasn't a conspiracy, even if that's not true, why was there not an investigation into why this man, quote unquote, committed suicide by Stabbing himself, you know, 11, 12 times and then walking right. well, no a mile into a field. No either, right? Yeah. Right. No weapon. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. I don't like it. I don't no. like it.
1: No. And a rookie cop shouldn't be able to come in and be like, nope, nothing to see here, everybody. <sighs> so it's important to know that before his death, Bill was fit and healthy. He had no history of heart disease. The pathologist found no abnormalities in Bill's body that would explain why he died from seemingly natural causes. Mm. Despite this, five days after his death, Bill was cremated and buried. Oh my any God. Chance, I know. Any chance of re-examining his body for more evidence was now gone. As Bridget dealt with the tragic death of her husband, she had no idea that in the days leading up to his death, her grandkids had been telling their teachers they were going mm. on a trip With their mom and stepdad. Oh, I have chills. I have entire chills. Mm. Oh, no. Mm. On the day Bill died, Chris and Melissa packed up their home, dyed their kid's Mm. hair, Mm -mm. and disappeared.
0: Mm -mm. Time to talk about our other BFF, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit.
1: With the cost of groceries going up and up and up, now is the perfect time to get started with HelloFresh. HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. HelloFresh has 40 weekly recipes to choose from for all meal occasions, lifestyles, and preferences. Take your pick from meals like soy glazed salmon with rice mm, or mushroom and chive risotto. That is actually delicious.
0: I had that one recently. Just this morning, Laura and a friend of mine and I were talking and my friend does not like to cook and Laura does not like to cook. She's just not good at it. And she was saying, but I cook for my wife all the time using HelloFresh because it's easy. It's delicious. She can do it. It's easy to follow the steps of the recipes and it always turns out good. So- all levels of experience can use HelloFresh and it is delicious. It just, it makes life so, so much easier. I cannot tell you.
1: Go to HelloFresh.com slash theywill60 and use code theywill60 for 60% off plus free shipping.
0: That is HelloFresh.com slash theywill60 and use code theywill60 for 60, six zero you guys, percent off plus free shipping. Do it. Yes, do it. You won't regret it. It'll make your life better and
1: more delicious. Bridget was frantic about her missing grandchildren and thought it was incredibly suspicious that the whole family would leave the area the same day that Bill died. I can't do it. And the day after Bill's funeral, Bridget was in front of a judge who granted her temporary full custody of her grandchildren who were still missing.
0: Oh, my God. And her, so her son is in prison at this point, right? Yes. So.
1: Oh, no. God, poor Bridget. I can't. I know. So Caleb's in prison. Bill is dead. Her grandkids have been abducted from her. Oh, my God. Yes. And nobody's investigating her her husband's death. It would later be revealed that despite the fact that officers from the same department worked very briefly on Bill's death and the parental abduction case, so the the same officers in the same building were working on these two cases,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: they never talked to each other about how the cases might be related.
0: I just have to go to sleep now. I just have to go to night. I can't. I, I what? Right. The... And it
1: wasn't like Bridget didn't put the two pieces together. I mean, she was very clear. Like, right. hello. Oh they they uh, they ran away the same day my husband was killed. Like, please.
0: Well, and as an officer, you would think that would be like a slam dunk. You'd be like, sweet, yes. this case is very clear. We're going to solve this one real nicely. But Yes. Like, yeah. Nope. Hmm. But I'm wait, tired. guys. Should we go talk to Dave? He's like fifty feet down the hall. Uh,
1: I can't. I can't stand up to look over the cubicle into his cubicle. So no, <laughs> I'm not gonna do it.
0: Dave's literally on the other side of the cubicle. He's like, you guys talking about
1: me? He's like, don't now. Nah, don't worry about it. No, don't worry. I'm tired. I can't. I can't raise my voice to another decibel higher.
0: No, but you guys figure something out that I should know. You have any no. questions about what I investigate? That's fine. No. I got to go. I got to get Jimmy John's. Right. I mean, Tim Hortons. That's, I'm just, that's my Canadian reference.
1: <laughs> I got to go to the my favorite doll. Story. <laughs> I got to go pick up my dolls. So the pathologist also said if he had known at the time that there was a custody issue when Bill died, he would have considered his death suspicious and would have triggered, which would have triggered a much more thorough investigation. <laughs> So two months passed with Bridget facing life on her own, but that would change in June of 2009 when Caleb was suddenly released from prison for good behavior after only serving three months of his 18-month sentence. Wow.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah I guess that's the math, maths in that case.
1: But I guess. It's so fast. Like, Again, anyone like, can I, behave my heart for really, three months. Like, right. Exactly. Yeah. My heart really goes out, for, out to the, the families affected in that crash. Big time. So that doesn't feel real justice to me. No. Five more months passed until finally police found Melissa and Chris. They had moved to Nova Scotia, which is more than 800 miles away. Chris had assumed a new name and Melissa gave birth to their second child while there. Wow. The only reason they were caught is because Chris used his real name on a rent check that he'd sent to his landlord. So seven and a half months after they disappeared, Melissa was arrested on November 27th and was charged with parental abduction. She was released on bail, but under the strict orders to have no contact with Caleb or their two kids. And again, like these kids, man, and I, I, their names are not available and I'm really glad for that. They need to be protected. Yeah. Like what in the world? It's awful. It's awful. Melissa's parental abduction trial was set for April 22nd, 2010. On April 10th, Caleb spotted Melissa and Chris sitting in their car in front of his house. Ugh. This was a violation of Melissa's bail and she was arrested again. Bridget planned to testify against Melissa at trial and had her victim impact statement ready. She talked about how Bill had died the same day as her grandchildren went missing, writing, quote, Some people believe in coincidences, some do not. Mm -hmm. on April 21st the day before trial Bridget dropped her grandkids at school and then dropped Caleb off at work scared when Caleb's kids returned home from school later that afternoon they found their grandma's lifeless body at the bottom (sighs) of the stairs these poor kids good god she was found fully dressed with her crocs still on lying face up with her arms to the sides of her body. Oh my God. Supposedly, she fell down the stairs. Right. Croc still on. Yep. Lying face up with her arms next to her body. Yep. Doesn't sound like how people fall. Her head was laying on the bottom step of the staircase. She had abrasions on her chin and ear. Her glasses and purse were scattered in front of her. And the police thought it looked like she had been heading out the door when she fell. Heading out gonna, to the front door.
0: I'm going to guess again. they did a thorough investigation. Mm-hmm. They did all the forensic examinations that they could possibly do.
1: Mm-hmm. Maxed out. Max, maximum. To the max. So Bridget was examined by a forensic pathologist, but they were new to the job and hadn't finished their training. <laughs> and they were also a dog. Exactly, the, the fo- police force's first ever dog p- pathologist. Yes. His if they were like, if we could baby. send them
0: into space, if we could send a dog to space, mm-hmm. we can train one to be a forensic pathologist. Mm-hmm. We're gonna Canada's gonna win the race to have the first yep. dog forensic pathologist. <laughs> exactly, that does sound like something the United States would do right now. Totally, Elon Musk's new, oh my God. space dog.
1: Oh no, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Elon Musk's. Forensic pathologist dog, <laughs> and yes, both. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he doesn't want to let Canada get the jump on either. No. We got to we got to, well Was it Russia that sent? Was it a dog or a monkey? Anyway, uh,
1: both both a
0: dog, both I think I don't, a dog, dog monkey. Right. There's a thing called a raccoon dog, right? Now we all know this about yeah. COVID came from the raccoon dog, which yes. quick, very quick tangent. I was like, how could I be 43 years old and be learning about species of animals? And my wife was like, there's lots of animals you've never heard of. And I was like, that's impossible. Right? Like, I, <laughs> I, There's no just way I haven't heard of heard all of animals. All of them. You know what I mean, though? Because <laughs> I used to, when I uh-huh. heard raccoon dog, that they had, it's like a, a thing they made for pets or something. It's like, no, it's just uh-huh. an animal. I'm like, that's impossible. I would have heard of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Coming from the person who didn't know, like, half the
1: presidents of the united states <laughs> it's
0: very different sadie very different nobody knows the presidents of the united states everybody knows all of the animals right we all know all of the animals i was like name an animal i don't have never heard of so it was like capybara heard of it a million times i know exactly what that is i don't believe it i don't believe that i don't know all animals i'm going to firmly stick to this for no reason <laughs> So listeners, if there's an animal you don't think that I know, please submit yeah, that animal no. because I am dying to know what animals I don't know because we this heard actually blew
1: my mind. Pink water, freshwater river dolphins.
0: Yes, of course I have. Yeah. All of those things. <laughs> Raccoon dogs. What? <laughs> I sh- would have heard of that by now. I jump timelines. That does not, That did not exist on my previous timeline. I would have heard of it. It's too adorable.
1: All right. Well, now that we've got that figured out,
0: We haven't gotten anything figured out because (laughs) the the universe is too mysterious, which is exactly what the forensic department of this fucking police said. They're like, we could never possibly figure that out. And they're like, well, that's literally our job. And they're like, no, there's too many mysteries in the universe. She clearly just fell down the stairs and her Crocs Mm -hmm. stayed on her Mm -hmm. feet because that's how physics works. We we know that much. No, guys, no. no.
1: She did not fall down the stairs by accident. Pickles, the forensic dog (laughs) sorry. They found that Bridget had a broken neck and several broken ribs. (laughs) She had bruising around her neck and petechial hemorrhaging on her face and eyes, Mm -hmm. which are signs that are consistent with being strangled. So police interviewed Caleb, who begged them to interview Melissa and Chris. He explained the custody battle and the parental abduction trial they were going through. Despite plenty of evidence that Bridget had most likely been murdered, her cause of death was ruled suspicious, but not a homicide. <laughs> this allowed the police department to decide if they were going to investigate her death or not. Oh, my God. They chose not to investigate. Oh, my God. Pickles, you're a bad mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bad dog. It's not it – is, it, it is suspicious, and it's also a homicide. It's a suspicious yeah. homicide. Yep it's it's deserving
0: of an investigation that's the entire fucking point if something's suspicious yeah it needs to be investigated yep then it becomes unsuspicious it becomes knowledge and information
1: yes it was Jesus. also rumored that police believed Caleb was the one responsible for his mother's death and when they learned that he had a solid alibi they decided to stop investigating when members of the Harrison family brought their concerns to detectives, asking them to continue their investigation, officers told them that they would have to bring them proof of foul play. <laughs> so the family, hey, yeah, well, maybe, but you have to find the proof Ugh. and bring it to us, and then maybe so we'll investigate. chills. I can't do it. So Caleb was granted temporary sole custody of his kids, and Melissa could only see them during supervised visits. After his mother's death, Caleb slipped into a deep depression and started drinking again, but did his best to be there for his kids. As the years passed, Caleb started to let his guard down and even agreed to let Chris and Melissa take the kids for a week at a time. Mm. So they started rotating weeks, one week on and one week off, and by all accounts, Melissa and Chris were good parents to their blended family. Unfortunately, this temporary peace wouldn't last. And after Melissa and Chris's house burned down, they moved closer to Caleb, and the fighting started again. It got to the point where Caleb withdrew his offer to let Melissa have access to her kids, who are now 10 and 12.
0: Oh, those babies, no, no.
1: no. Like, their whole life has just been one Mm -hmm. fucked up custody battle, abduction, death. They called their grandma and grandpa, nana and papa, which is what my kids call our parents. And it's just like. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. So they're 10 and 12 and Melissa was told she would go back to only having supervised visits with them. August 22nd, 2013 was the last overnight Melissa would have with her two oldest children for a while. Caleb dropped his kids at one of their baseball games and Melissa brought them home after the game was over. At around 11 p.m., Caleb talked to his girlfriend on the phone. She said he sounded drunk, and he told her he was going to bed. Twelve hours later, Caleb was found dead in his bedroom. This time, Caleb's autopsy was performed by a fully trained and experienced forensic pathologist, and Caleb's death was ruled homicide by asphyxiation. Thank God. Did they do anything about it, though? (laughs)
0: Finally, they did. (laughs) Like... We're going to have to send mm-hmm. this to our uh, sloth department.
1: Right. We're <laughs>
0: uh, highly trained sloths. We mm-hmm. can take it, it from two here. Miles an hour. Uh, <laughs> <So laughs> they are caused... still investigating it to
1: this day. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, this caused a domino effect. And four years after Bill had died, authorities were finally investigating a triple homicide. Oh,
0: uh, got some, some murder invest- shit, man.
1: Right. Luckily for investigators, they didn't have to look far to find their two prime suspects. I mean, they had it there the whole time. It's not like That's they so ever had to do crazy. anything yeah, to figure out who did the this. The
0: children got caught for the abduction. Did they serve any time for the abduction? Did you say that? And I just blacked out because it was still not
1: that I found. I don't oh know. I mean, God. I know that I know that Caleb got full custody of the kids, but I'm not sure if there was Ugh. any time spent in jail. Oh, my God. And Melissa had, like, a bunch of other kids at this time, too. Like, she kept having babies. And right. so I don't know if that plays into, you know, she gets not to keep her two oldest kids but stay home with her others. I don't know.
0: Yeah, well, that should be the opposite. It's like you got all those yeah. kids, then there's more capacity to steal kids. You got so many right. kids.
1: Right, right.
0: More kids at risk of your shitty parenting.
1: Yep. So officers started following Chris and Melissa within hours of Caleb's death. They were able to pose as garbage collectors and take the garbage on the curb of Chris and Melissa's house and process it for evidence. They found a pair of men's sneakers with dog hair on them that matched the hair found in Caleb's bedroom. They also found a pair of latex gloves in the garbage. Caleb's DNA was found on the outside of the gloves, while Chris's DNA was found on the inside. DNA found under Caleb's fingernails quickly came back as a match to Chris as well. When they searched Chris and Melissa's computers, they found years' worth of internet searches. Mm-mm. Things like, quote, what if grandparents has legal custody and they die? Legal custody and they die. If a grandparent has custody of the children and they die, which of the parents gets the kids? They found multiple searches for Bridget Harrison after sh- her death. They also Googled how long it took for someone to die from being choked. Oh, my God. While police were compiling the evidence against Chris and Melissa, Melissa now had full custody of her kids, of she and Caleb's kids. Mm -hmm. And the family moved back to Nova Scotia with the hopes of being forgotten once again and allowed to live their lives as they wanted to without interference from Harrison's or police. But this hope was dashed in January of 2014 when both Chris and Melissa were arrested and charged for the murders of Bridget and Caleb. Bill's death was still under investigation because sloths.
0: Sloths, they've they ruled it a homicide, but it's
1: they're still walking the papers to the court. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was reported that Chris was such a huge guy that they had to use leg shackles as handcuffs.
0: Wow! Oh God! Ew! Just imagining having this enormous man just. Trying to destroy your life
1: and your family and everything right. you love. Is yeah, and getting away with chilling, it for years. Chilling, chilling, yeah. chilling. After 13 hours of interrogation, Chris Vittori confessed to killing Bridget and Caleb. Before he told detectives what happened, he insisted that Melissa had nothing to do with the murders and hadn't helped plan them in any way. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Chris told police in April 2010 he went to the Harrison home with a note pretending it was for the children. When Bridget answered the door, he forced his way in and attacked her. Oh, my God. Quote, I hit her a couple of times, he said. I then proceeded to squeeze her neck until she <sighs> stopped breathing and laid on the floor. Poor woman. He killed Bridget because he thought, quote, it would level the playing field between Melissa and Caleb, giving Melissa a better chance to get custody if Bridget was dead. What a psychopath. Yep. He told police on the night of Caleb's murder, he snuck in the house with a key that he stole from Caleb's oldest child and had a baseball bat hidden up his shirt sleeve. He went up to Caleb's bedroom, where he was passed out from a long night of drinking. Chris stood over Caleb, raised the baseball bat above his head, and hit him as hard as he could in the chest. Hmm. Caleb woke up and tried to fight back, but Chris was much, much larger than Caleb, and was able to easily overpower him. Chris said he threw Caleb into the shelves next to the bed, and when Caleb realized he was in deep trouble, he begged Chris for his life. Oh, my God. Chris then put his hands around Caleb's neck and choked him until he was dead. He then put him back in bed and covered him up with a sheet and left the house. Melissa and Chris would go to trial in September of 2017 on two counts of first-degree murder, and Chris would face an additional charge of second-degree murder for Bill's death. The evidence against the couple was shown to the jury, including hours of surveillance recordings and a three-hour conversation between Melissa and Chris at the Nova Scotia airport. Police left the two alone in a room while they waited for their flight back to Ontario after being arrested for murder. They believed they were alone and could have a private conversation, but of course authorities were recording them.
0: Oh, my God. Ugh. Ugh, Caleb could have been, so be alive. There could be so many people alive right now. If they had mm-hmm. just done one seconds worth yeah, of investigation. Totally.
1: I mean, I think that poor Bill would have died. <sighs> that should have been the end of it. Yep. And Chris should have been immediately arrested and put in prison for yep. Bill's death. Yep.
0: Unbelievable.
1: After the police shut the door, they started talking. Chris told Melissa, quote, I'm taking the rap for it to give you accessory after the fact. Melissa then says to Chris that his parents spoke to police. Quote, they called me Carla Homolka, she said. Mm -hmm. Just worried about how his parents look at her. Yep. Prosecutors told the jury that Melissa and Chris had conspired together to kill the Harrisons, but it was Chris alone who murdered them. Either way, they should both be held accountable, and Melissa was still eligible to be found guilty for first-degree murder. After three months of testimony and four days of jury deliberations, the jury came back with a verdict in January of 2018. Christopher and Melissa were found guilty of the murder of Caleb Harrison. Chris was also found guilty of murdering Bridget Harrison. Mm -hmm. The jury could not come to a verdict on the first-degree murder charge Melissa faced in the death of Bridget, and so the court declared a mistrial. Wow. In the death of Bill Harrison, Chris, who alone faced a second-degree murder charge, was found not guilty due to insufficient evidence. They were both sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 25 years. Wow. Well, it's Canada. Right. In an unusual turn of events, an Early January of this year, 2023, the Ontario Court of Appeal overturned Melissa Merritt's murder conviction on the grounds that the trial judge, quote, committed significant errors in his jury instruction relating to key evidence.
0: Hmm.
1: So her, vet, her defense told the appeals court that a unintelligible statement made by Melissa to Chris while at the airport was used to secure her guilty verdict, despite it being too hard to understand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it shouldn't have been used. They also argued that the trial judge erred in instructing the jury about circumstantial evidence presented a trial. This was enough for the appeals court to overturn her verdict and order a retrial. Uh, This just happened, so we'll let you know what happens to Melissa as it unfolds. I couldn't find... I think she's still in prison. I couldn't find that. Uh I think she's still in prison. So those who knew and loved the Harrisons said that losing Bill, Bridget, and Caleb was like losing the glue that held them together. They have worked to hold authorities responsible for not investigating the death sooner, Good. and authorities launched an independent review of what happened and how they can hmm. do better in the future. It's something, but it's certainly not enough. No. After Chris and Melissa were convicted, Caleb and Melissa's kids were sent to live with Melissa's family, what? despite Caleb specifically asking in his will that the kids go to his cousin if oh something God. happened to him. Melissa ultimately got what she wanted.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I hate it. I hate it so
1: much. <laughs> and that is Ugh. the unbelievably awful Ugh. story of the Harrison family murder.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It's just like we know this. We know that the system doesn't work. <laughs> That's very clear to people listening to this podcast who have been listening to this podcast for a while. But sorry, trash. The trash system in Michigan City is very good, um, <laughs> but God, I uh, it just makes you feel so helpless and scared and freaked out and devastated that yes. it would. It's just so easy, just such an easy one. So it's not. It was not ambiguous. It was not mysterious. It was clear, concise as it could possibly be, and they still fucked it up. And those people, I hope they f- ha- they feel really fucking bad about it, but I know they probably don't.
1: No. Ugh. <laughs> I know. It's so awful. Can we just stop killing people? I mean, the more I think about
0: it, the more I think we might need dog forensics, dogs just in general in charge of the system because humans are too fallible. Humans just make mistakes, have bad days. They're humans, you know? It's like these are still human beings and we are trusting them to do take care of us protect us give a shit about us we don't know them they don't know us it's very strange it really it's very, is it's very upsetting we pay them to not protect all of it i uh, i don't like it the more i think about it the less i like it and i would like to go to a hammock island please and thank you <laughs> i
1: know me too i need hammock island oh <sighs> Oh, I hope the kids are okay. I hope Me too. they're just even like a little bit okay. I know. A little I bit. I know. It seems I'm like a big so hope, sorry. but you just no. never know.
0: That's It's their path, it's for them to live and fucking survive that. But yeah. yeah, I am sending them tremendous amounts of strength and clarity and peace and healing and whatever they need to endure something like that. Because, oh, God. To live in a house with a giant monster man.
1: Yeah, yep. Mm-mm. And then to lose your whole family— their mom, their stepdad, their dad, their no. grandparents— like, it's so complicated know how you and so traumatic. Move through that. Yeah. Yep.
0: And then to, I'm sh- assuming, still want to love their mother because she's their sure. mother. And
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Harrison family. And some of these articles I read talked a lot about how much they worry about the kids being with Melissa's family and what sort of stories they're told about yep. the Harrison family. And just so sad. So sad. Shit, um, man. Well, thanks yeah. a lot. I. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I did mean, it the again. only.
0: The only upside is that it's like one second's worth of relief of living in the United States.
1: <laughs> I know, I know. To know that we're not the only fucked up country. I mean, I know that, but like to have more proof that we're all in it together, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Misery significant- loves company. I know, I know, no. it's There's significantly more fucked up countries than the United States, but yeah. we're doing a real good job of like we are. giving them a run for their money right now. So That's right. Yeah. Yep. So well, there you are. That's it. That's all I got. Goodbye. Mm. We've never needed name time more than we do right now, have we, people? It's true. No, please. And luckily, we if we skip a week of name time, my God, then it is. It is uh, <laughs> I don't even it's know a what the word board is. Smorgasbord. Yes, names. but a smorgasbord, <laughs> if it was like when you are watching a gangster movie and they meet up in those warehouse slots, the industrial parts of town where it's just shipping containers stacked on top of shipping containers. That's what this is. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. It's name time. Uh, t- we're going to start it off strong with a couple of names of kids that... Sadie and her neighbor friend Ashley have sent um, based on the softball or the baseball roster for this year. <laughs> little league, little, little league. league. <laughs> I, I mean, top ten names we've gotten: Optimus Griffith. <laughs> just get nice real out of here, Optimus oh, Griffith. Incredible. <laughs> Second only to Abraham Spoon,
1: yes,
0: <laughs> and Dakota Van Arsdale. God,
1: <laughs> yes, it's amazing,
0: amazing. I did a audition for voice actors, and I got an axe, Norman. Yes, fuck you, yeah, Axe Norman. You have to be a voice artist if you name is Axe. In County Durham, there are villages called Pity Me and No Place. <laughs> <laughs> That's the self-deprecation this world oh my God, needs. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, right? Uh, they're really good at that. Like I know I had a conversation with my good friend who grew up in Indiana. He writes for the Daily Show now. So he's got a good sense of humor and I was like there's something about the Indiana sense of humor that is very unique to Indiana and it and I was like as I was saying and I was like it feels very British now that I know a lot about British humor and have watched you know British comedies and stuff and he's like I think it's probably because we are heavily colonized by the British I was like holy shit you might be actually about
1: <laughs> right that. totally as, makes total yes. sense
0: Right? It's just very sarcastic, very sardonic, very self-deprecating. And so, yeah, pity yep. me in no place. I'm like, that <laughs> also feels very Indiana to me. Uh, okay. A Welsh town called Lanyfair Puil Gwyn Gyalingory Chwery Drob Walant yes, Go-go-go-go-goch. goach, i am sorry, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. Uh, where is this? <laughs> what is that? Welsh. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a so much. real thing.
0: So many consonants. So many Gs. <laughs> like an abundance of Gs. Wow. Go, go, goch. Yeah, that's for real. I can't oh believe we haven't gotten that one sooner. Yep. Oh, there's another kid, Sullivan Necessary, who goes by Sully. <laughs> Give me one God. huge break. Sullivan, already cute, Sullivan. necessary. <sighs> There's a primatologist called Dr. Doctor Barbara Smuts. Yep. Yep. Yesterday I was sitting next to my real estate teammate who has been a listener of the podcast. I think, I don't know if he currently, he's probably too busy, but. I was like, oh, shit, this guy's from Wax, Kentucky. And I looked at him, I was like, going on the list. He's like, yep, Wax, <laughs> Kentucky. Wax. Uh, there's a New York Times article about Detective Coy Cox.
1: Oh. You know? Wow.
0: I feel like maybe we've gotten this one before, but stunt double Dick Warlock came up again. and <laughs> I think we all just need to fucking tip a hat to Dick Warlock. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um Mitt Romney's great grandfather was named Parley Parker Pratt. (laughs) This listener also went to school with Cody Brody, whose mother's name was Jody Brody. Oh (laughs) she said that was her married name, and so that means she chose that for herself and her child, which I yes, absolutely. She's so smart. Love a rhyming name. There was a Whitney Johnson, and guys would call him Whittle Johnson. (laughs) 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 He said it didn't help that his dad, Dr. Harry Johnson, was a gynecologist. (laughs) Oh, no. no. Yes. God, sorry. Uh, They said, finally, I will never forget hearing a story about Officer Courtney Kane. Um. uh they use the first first initial and last name with no spaces but somebody already had the same first initial so she was assigned cocaine <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, oh god
0: <laughs> mr butts and mr cocker ah uh, no yep. the same same listener mr butts and mr cocker were like clients recently Okay, Dazinky Jinky is a name. <laughs> what? Yeah, Dazinky Jinky might have to be our new queen. <laughs> Cindy Pancake will always reign supreme, but Dazinky Jinky, fucking, just giving you a run for your money, <laughs> Pancake. It. Yes, <laughs> yes. God. That's Grandmother's amazing. cousins, Ivy Green and Icy Waters. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Somebody's name is Darthula, and someone else's name is Belzora. And I need that level of fucking elegance and creativity and everything Please. in my life. We can do better. That is proof.
1: That's amazing.
0: Yes. There are boy girl siblings, Erlen and Lyric. Gorgeous. Ugh. Sisters, Ulalia and Xavier. Gorgeous.
1: Wow. Alta
0: Gracia. Gorgeous. What? Yes. Magnolia Jane. Gorgeous. Island, Startavia. Victoria and Jolie, Treasure, and Ebb City. I mean, once what? again, we can do better. This is proof. Yes. Gunner Death Rage uh, on Project <laughs> Runway. I was like, how did we not remember Gunner Death Rage? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Again, I'm assuming it's Death Rage or something, but we're going with Death Rage. Every time a Death Rage comes across my... Yeah, Death Gunner Rage. Death, Death Rage was on Project Runway. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> There was a guy on Judge Judy called Chris Bumgardner. <laughs> <laughs> tend to your bums out in your bum garden. <laughs> oh, okay, here's the phonetic, phonetic pronunciation of the Welsh town, which got away from I somehow I separated them. Chanvire Pool Gwyn Gilgor Gerich Ween Drob Ulchan Tis Ilio Gogo
1: yeah, got the go-go gotch, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, the whole time, I was like, they didn't give you a phonetic.
0: I thought that they had, too. Yeah, I was like, I feel like I, they did, but I just separated them on my notes app. Uh, apparently, Macaulay Culkin changed his name to Macaulay, Macaulay, Culkin, Culkin, and if that is true... <laughs> he wins president. I'm voting I for them. Could not... Overdone. Support that harder. Ruler of the universe. <laughs> Somebody, somebody went to high school with, his name was Richin Famous. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. People are so smart. So smart. There's an explorer named Sir Vivian Ernest Fucks. Yep. And at various <laughs> points in his life, he went by the nicknames Bunny and Papa.
1: Oh, my God. Bunny uh, Fox
0: and Papa Fucks was his wow. nickname. hmm uh, gro- Godmother's great aunt's first name was Jubaline. Oh
1: my God. Yeah. Uh. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, <laughs> Hella Cock was the <laughs> name. <laughs> <laughs> she said she was my absolute favorite person as a child. The only one I was always excited to see. She was also kind of a badass older lady living alone, traveling a lot and always brought me cool stuff. She uh. had the most amazing handwriting I've ever seen. They got a birthday card every year and kept them all. Oh, my God. I need a picture. I want to see a picture of
1: Helicox's uh, handwriting.
0: Helicox is a fucking legend. Last but not least, (laughs) the Aston Martin team principal. I don't remember where I saw that, but Mike, crack. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Oh, let's all fucking... Just keep Dazinky jinky in your fucking hearts <laughs> as you move forward into this week and for and always. And for always. There's also oh. a, a video. Just find it right now. Everybody pause this podcast and go find the video of Snoop Dogg coming off of a plane in Scotland and someone bagpiping <laughs> his song to him and he's crip walking to yes. his song played on the bagpipes and it is... <sighs> Magnificent. It's magnificent. It's like everything I want the world to be it's mm-hmm. in one little moment. I sent it to Mananya, my good friend. I was like, doesn't this sort of represent our friend group? And she's like, yes, yeah, so much. <laughs> 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 uh, oh, my God. Where do we go from here? <laughs> I don't know. We're, <laughs> How do we I mean, do We're this? done. This is it. We're done. This is it. We should do a couple of those uh, that shouty-outies that everyone comes here for. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Once again, you can also get your own shouty-howdy. Join us over on Patreon yep. for as little as $5 a month. You get one full-ass episode every week Yep, over there. There's so many of them, like more than 140. That's, That's insane. To doing. Yep. We're going to have a hangout with our Patreon supporters on April 7th as well. Yep. Sign up
0: fast. Who do we have today? Who do we have to thank?
1: Uh, Thank you so much to Colby M.
0: Oh, you got a name like Colby? You're not even sweating it. You don't even need a shout out. So next, just (laughs) kidding, but kind of true. I imagine if your name is Colby, you know how to drive a boat. I imagine that you know how to do algebra. I imagine that you know how to dress yourself effortlessly, but still very fashion forward. I imagine that you have a confident, self-deprecating, very British Indiana sort of sense of humor. I imagine you're the life of the party, but you also like know how to not overdo it for the most part. You overdo it sometimes because you should just to let loose, but not all the time. I imagine with a name like Colby, you fuck with gender in cool ways on occasion. right? I also imagine that you are the most supportive. You're a rock. And if you were murdered, they would definitely say that your smile lit up a room. <laughs> but totally. mean it. Like, for real, that's actually a defining characteristic of you. Yes. Good job, Colby. You did it. Mm-hmm. Colby's like, thanks! <laughs> Driving his boat, their boat.
1: <laughs> their boat. Yeah, going to the new... Uh, <laughs> Bachelor, Bachelorette, or gender-neutral at show <laughs> as the winner yes. of the love, <laughs> yes.
0: like Dom. I actually am kind of picturing Dom. If you all don't didn't watch Perfect Match, I uh, was a fan of Dom on TikTok before Dom was on Perfect Match on Netflix, and I remain a huge fan of Dom. But Colby okay. is definitely sort of a Dom to me just hot, you know, open about their struggles, but not defining them, et cetera. Just, Mm -hmm. yeah, just that kind of person. The person we could all aspire to be.
1: Just like, thank you so much to Emily Kelly McClellan.
0: Emily Kelly McClellan, (laughs) she wants to know where she's dwelling, but she won't tell you because she wants to keep it so nice because her... Taste is spicy. Her efforts are not dicey. They're sophisticated. They are also not dated. They are right on trend. What's her name? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Emily Kelly McClellan.
0: (laughs) Emily Kelly McClellan. She wants to know if you're jellin', because that commercial, remember, when they tried to make insoles a thing, well... (laughs) Emily Kelly McClellan does not need to be jellin. Her arches are perfect. Her face is also, and she knows how to sing. Emily Kelly McClellan. She may be a felon, but only because she wants to have a mugshot that's also a model shot. Like that one guy who became a model after getting a mugshot. That's just like Emily Kelly McClellan. It's also kind of badass to say that you were a felon. And if you don't know, she is swelling with pride and glee and intelligence and attractiveness and power.
1: Uh, I'm taking it upon myself, FYI. If you don't want your last name... Uh, Shouted outed. Let us know if it's too cute. I'm just going for it now. So. I think
0: that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to target our Patreon supporters <laughs> for hate pa- for supporting yes. us. Although some people do actively hate the shout outs. I don't blame them. It's right. me fully unmasking, and I know that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. It would make it makes me uncomfortable. Just part of the reason I'm doing it to move past it. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, yeah, but I don't think that they're going to
1: actively- be like Oh, Ellie. Emily Kelly McClellan. Yeah.
0: She's in trouble now. Remember when they tried to make gel in a thing? <laughs> you gel? Yes. <Jelina? laughs>
1: yes. That's so dumb.
0: Thank okay. You. Well, one more. One Let's more? do one more. All yeah.
1: right. Thank you so much to Joe
0: Jones. Joe Jones, and for more of Joe Jones, I'm Jones and for more of Joe Jones. I need to go to the Joe Jones store and get me a big pack of Joe Jones and then get some more, more and more of the Joe Jones. Maximum Joe Jones in my bones. Joe Jones, come on around down. Find him there and take him down to the Joe Jones town. Getting so much of the Joe Jones. That you're gonna be powerful and not be worried about <laughs> <laughs> what the future holds because they're full of chow <laughs> <laughs> Like when you like start going into like black Jack Black Tenacious D territory. It's Um. honestly because I actually stopped paying attention, which is like, you know, when you're writing or painting or doing creative things, it really, you do enter sort of a fugue state. But every once in a while, I I do that while I'm shouting out and I'm like, "Mm, I don't know what I just said. I need to.
1: Pay attention a little bit. Oh, don't, no, don't worry. If it gets offensive or too weird, I'll let you
0: know. Thank you. Yeah,
1: when I'm editing,
0: it's remarkable how much I have to cut out of this podcast out of my own mouth. It's very rarely Sadie. It's Like the last episode was a solid 30 minutes longer, and I just went through I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Whew, uh, just letting uh, it rip. Oh, shit. This is what happens when when a podcaster learns about... They're neurodivergents three years in. (laughs) Uh, She gets weird. She gets weird. She gets weird. Yeah. So thank you all for.
1: We had a whole episode at the end of one episode about um, (laughs) Timothy Oliphant and his teeth and meerkats. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Gold. So So if you like that sort of shit, get over there.
0: Yeah. Got to pay for it. Yes. If you don't, you're probably uh, not (laughs) neurodivergent. And if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not neurodivergent, but I love it. Well, get uh, on TikTok, type in ADHD and talk to me in a month. Yeah. You know, like it's not a bad thing. It's not either. It's not a judgment either way, but it's just, it just is. It just is. is. So thank you guys so much for being here. We love We love you so much. Extremely endlessly. And if you want to spend more time with us, you can do so on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, at theywillkill you can go to our website theywillkill.com and you can always email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes please you can rate and review and subscribe to us please Yes please
0: and if you don't like the shouty outies and you don't like the dialogue at the end don't stop. review it Yeah no, don't we'll just or skip stop. over it we put it at the yeah. end you know it's like I, I sometimes i read them and they really hurt my feelings and then I was like you know what if i heard if i read that about somebody else i would not stand for it so I don't need to feel bullied by that for my own no, self you not know? even it's, for a second No, it's uh, it's who we are it's our literal personality so if you don't like them that's fine just
1: <laughs> move on with your life just you know? be sure to go on Apple and review the shit out of our shitty personalities
0: that's <laughs> <laughs> so crazy like I love the research I love the cases I hate <laughs> them I'm like what <laughs> Great.
1: cool anyway. Super cool. People totally forget, like, we are actual human beings. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. how they forget that because we make it so abundantly clear that we're human.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I I wish they would actually (laughs) shut up and do this (laughs) podcast without talking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great feedback. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know you've been doing this for three years and you have a a style that is very specific Specific. to who you are. But you just stop. Just stop doing that too. Yeah.
0: Could you do that for me?
1: Oh, yeah. You know what? Er,
0: Taking it all back.
1: Uh, So please take a minute and tell us exactly how you feel. (laughs) Oh, you boy. Uh, Thanks, AJ. Hey, AJ Burgans. Thank you so much for your music. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it.
0: Very much. And remember. Okay. This is a question more than a statement. Anybody who was born in the, like grew up in the eighties or nineties, were you, did you have this like overwhelming feeling that like dirty dancing and the lumbata was like a, going to be such a thing? Like it was like a cultural revolution and it was going to actually <laughs> impact our lives in some tangible way. Totally. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Because like that was, it was so much at the forefront of our lives when I was like seven, eight years old, everything was dirty dancing and the lombata. And it was just like I, you know, I don't know what I thought the consequences of these dances were going to be. I mean, obviously, Christians thought this was just like the gateway straight into like Hell fucking mouth. sin and deviance, yeah, but yes. I just expected there to be more dirty dancing and lobadaing in my future and currently, right, you know, and then all of us like kids like grinding quote unquote grinding, do kids still grind, do they just like rub their little like awkward pelvises together like we did? <laughs> You know?
1: Yeah, we weren't allowed to grind, not like at schools.
0: No, people still did it and then they'd get caught doing it and they'd be told to stop. But then when I was like 20 and I'd go to the All Ages Club, we'd all, us little like queer kids, just be grinding on each other. (laughs) It's like, that's what we just thought was dancing and that's just what we did. And like, is that still a thing or is that that residual effect of the lumbata in general, (laughs) quote unquote, dirty dancing? Right? Tell us, we need to know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: my kids haven't entered uh, like old enough dances yet in school. To,
0: yeah, to know. I feel like kids now just dance, like they just do dances, and they're probably more hip hop influenced. I would imagine, right. but I don't yes. actually know. Right, yes. not that people who are into hip hop don't grind. I just actually don't know. <laughs> I just feel like it was something that we just did, and we didn't really think about it, and there was not ground like rooted in anything other than like Sally Jesse Raphael talking about the (laughs) Lombada and Dirty Dancing.
1: You know, what we should do is like start an experiment right now with my kids and make them watch like nonstop Dirty Dancing on repeat and then just see how much their dancing at middle school dances differ from kids that are not shown dirty dancing i think that's a war
0: i think it's a worthwhile pursuit of good experiment <laughs> right
1: i think so too
0: they're gonna know a lot about women's
1: reproductive
0: <laughs> health and the consequences of not allowing it they're gonna have
1: a real strong uh-huh. opinion i about mean they that. already are going to have a strong opinion yes about that but that will drive it home they, because
0: nobody yes. wants to see penny in so much pain
1: no uh, she deserves actual health care yep We
0: love you guys.
1: Uh, We love you.
0: See you very soon. See you next time. Have a great week. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.